important. It's good to see you. <laughs> very, very important. Stand up with me for a girl. <laughs> oh, you guys were watching me real close. <laughs> That's good. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak the word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Now, this morning, I want to speak on uh, the Holy Spirit's benefit. The Holy Spirit's benefit. Um, I know right now in the church world, we're doing everything else except that we are not focusing very much on the power of the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit can do for the believer. And so I want to focus on the Holy Spirit. God is a triune God. There is God the Father, there is God the Son, and there is God the Holy Spirit. And the Old Testament... We saw mainly God the Father seemingly controlling everything. And then in the beginning of the New Testament, we have Jesus. And that was the dispensation for the Son of God to give his life for us. But before Jesus left, it was very clear everything now is going to be turned to the Holy Spirit. And from now on, if you hear from Jesus, you are actually hearing from the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will take from me and he will deliver it to you. So it's very important that you get to know who the Holy Spirit is. Because by knowing who the Holy Spirit is, then you become very clear about who Jesus is. It's now through the Holy Spirit. Now in, in uh, Zechariah chapter 4 verse 6, the word of God to Zerubbabel was, It's not by might, it's not by power, it's by the Spirit. It's not by might, it's not by power, it's got to be by the Spirit of God. That's the way God does His things today, is by the Spirit of God. Right before Jesus left for heaven, he had a word beginning from the, uh, John chapter 13. If you go into the book of John, Jesus started talking to his disciples, kind of preparing their mind because they didn't really quite understand what was happening and where, what was going to happen. And so Jesus had a lot of words for them. He told them, I have so many things I want to talk to you about, but you cannot handle them right now. But he was helping them to understand what was going on. He talked about going back to his father. He took them a while before they could understand that he was actually leaving the earth. And they were not supposed to see him in person anymore. And he was going. He took them a while for them to understand it. And when they understood that he was going to leave, to leave this world, sorrow filled their heart. They had been with him for three years. It was the Lord, but he had become a friend to them. And they didn't know about the dying on the cross. They had no understanding of all of that. They just knew he was going back to his father. And Jesus started saying this to them. And you can see that in John chapter 16, verse 5 through 7. But now I go away to him who sent me. He was talking to his disciples. And none of you asked me, where are you going? But because I said these things to you, Sorrow has filled your heart. They were very sad about this. They were very unhappy about this. But then Jesus told them the truth. He said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage. It is to your benefit. I know you want to keep me around. But it is to your benefit that I go away. For if I do not go away... The helper. Hello. The helper. Will not come to you. Notice it didn't say a helper. 
This is the helper. No matter what you need, the helper can help you with it. If it's finances, yes. The helper, you need the helper. The helper will help you with your finances. If it's with your marriage, yes. The helper. Jesus called the Holy Spirit the helper. The one to help us. If I don't go away, it is to your advantage. It's better for you. I can stay around with you and you think that's good. But let me tell you the truth. It is better for you that I go because if I stay around, the helper is not coming. So you need the helper more than you think you need me. We should understand that because it's so important. We need the helper. And this was all the way from the beginning. You know, when John began to baptize, John the Baptist began to baptize people with water, the Pharisees and the Jews didn't understand what was going on. They thought to themselves, how can he be baptizing? Is he the Messiah? Because somehow they knew the Messiah has to baptize. And so they wanted to know. So they sent some people to him to find out whether he was the Messiah or not. And they came to him, and you can read in John chapter 1, they asked him, are you the Christ? I mean, straight up, are you the Christ? Are you the Messiah? We know things about you. Are you the Christ? John the Baptist said, no. And then they turned around, are you Elijah then? They said, well, John the Baptist says, no, I'm not Elijah. And they said, now... Are you the prophet? <laughs> so they, they got the edge a little bit. Are you the prophet we're waiting for? He said, no. He said, hey, who are you then? Give us some words about who you are. And so we can tell those that sent us about who you really are. And then after that they said, well now, if you are not the Christ, why are you baptizing then? Why are you baptizing people with water? John said, listen. I baptize with water. But there's one that is coming among you that you don't know of right now. And that's the one I'm introducing to you. And then when he comes, he says he will baptize. But not with water, okay? I'm a man, I baptize you with physical stuff. But the one who is coming, he is going to baptize also. He is greater than I am. I'm not worthy to even move his sandals. He is greater than I am. He was before me. When he comes, he's not going to baptize you with water. He is going to do the baptism. He is the Messiah. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. That's what he said. That's what he said. He is the helper. I'm so amazed at what's happening in the church. We want to live a life without the Holy Spirit. How can you be holy without the Holy Spirit? How can you live a Christian life without the Holy Spirit? He becomes like a club. We just fellowship him without God himself. Because the Bible says God is seeking those to worship Him in spirit and in truth. Not just in truth, but in spirit also. He wants us to worship Him that way. In Matthew 3 verse 11, John said, I indeed, John the Baptist, baptized you with water unto repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. I used to ask people, when you are baptized in water, don't you know it? You come out wet, right? How can you be baptized? Are you baptized? Well, I don't know. If I was baptized, what happened? Nobody put you in the water? You know you're baptized. So how, how come you're telling me, well, I don't know if I'm baptized or not by Jesus. So there are two baptisms. You can read in Hebrews chapter 6, there are two baptisms. There is the baptism by your pastor, a man, he's got to use a physical thing, water. But then there is another baptism 
from Jesus and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and put a lot of fire in you. Amen. A lot of fire in you. Passion for God. And Jesus was very clear about this. In Acts chapter 1, after Jesus rose from the dead, Jesus started talking to his disciples. And he's still trying to tell them, they were amazed. I mean, they saw him die. Now he's back from the dead. And they're talking to him. And they're thinking in their minds, running all over the place, wondering, how is this going to end? But Jesus had one focus in his mind. He wanted to let them know, look, now, you heard John the Baptist talking about the baptism from the Christ. That's not happened yet. It's going to happen. So he told them in Acts chapter 1 verse 4, he says, Being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. Notice what Jesus called the Holy Spirit. The promise of the Father. Let me ask you, have you received God's promise? This is not a promise. This is the promise of the Father. This is a big difference. Because the promise of the Father, He is going to bring the Holy Spirit into your life where in this present life, you will never be alone again. Never. Not a single day would you walk this earth alone. Because the Holy Spirit will be everywhere you go. He stays with you. That's what the Bible says. This is the blessing Jesus came to bring to us. That's why if you read in Galatians chapter 3 verse 13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. That the blessing of Abraham will come upon us. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit. So the Spirit is the promise of God for every believer. Now preachers are trying to avoid it. No one wants to go there. You can't be a Christian without the Holy Spirit. It's not possible. You need the Holy Spirit. That's why every time this message is preached, people get so wound up, they get offended. They want to scream. They're mad. Because Satan knows if you receive this, Power is coming into your life and it's hard to stop you. He sees you and he says, here comes trouble. What are we going to do now? Better keep his mouth shut. Because if he starts speaking, miracles will start taking place and people will start coming to Jesus and we don't want him to talk about this. You can preach whatever, but don't talk about this stuff. We don't want his spreading. So we have to minister this word. You know... I'm going to talk about five things. And it's to really go fast. <sighs> five things that you can benefit from the Holy Spirit. A lot of people think, you know, I can't receive the Holy Spirit. I'm just too dirty. If you're clean, why do you need the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is given to imperfect people, right? Unholy people to make them holy. If you're already holy, Jesus said, I didn't come to call the righteous. He's dealing with people who are not righteous. One of the things that you receive, if you receive the Holy Spirit, and I ask that you make yourself available for the Holy Spirit this morning. Everyone can receive. Just like the apostles did. Just like the apostles did. I used to tell myself, if the apostles saw Jesus, they handled him, right? Felt him. Saw miracles. Is it that he prefers them to me? I've never seen it. I've never seen Jesus in person. Right? I've never seen Jesus in person doing a miracle right before my eyes. They saw him and all of that. And yet, he told them, I don't want you living until the Holy Spirit comes to you. i got to have something in my life as well. Just like they had. Just like they had. And I thank God I can go into the supernatural. Just like Peter, James and John. 
and believe the same thing and have God walk through me as well. Jesus was clear in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. He says, but you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit is come upon you. You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit is come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. We still need to get, we still need to get the message out. Right? But you need the Holy Spirit to get the message out. According to the words of Jesus. Power. What does that mean? What does that mean? Is this Samson type of power? What power? You see, that's where we've missed it. When you receive the Holy Spirit, you have power to cause the blind to see. Every one of us. That's power. To cause the lame to walk. That's how Jesus spread the gospel, right? The problem with the church is we've relegated that to some people. The word apostle, you know what that means? Saint. Did Jesus not send you as well? Don't put, you know, the reason why we put space between you and the preacher. Is it because he's the great one? No. So he won't spit on you while he's yelling. <laughs> okay. But we, we see that and we think, well, that's different. No, it's for every one of us. That's the power. And Peter knew he had that. Or after the day of Pentecost came, Peter knew he had that. After the day of Pentecost, that's Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 3, they were going, beginning from verse 1, they were going into the temple and this man that was lame was sitting by there begging. And, and Peter walked by with John, two of them. It was hour for prayer. And they were going for a prayer meeting. And the guy was asking for money. And for some reason, Peter says, hey, look at us. Look at us. The guy was thinking, oh, dollars. Give me. He, and then Peter said, silver and gold, we don't have. But such as we have. He knew what he had, Right? We're giving it to you. Can you do the same thing? I know you can. We're giving it to you. Such as we have, we're giving it to you. And then he said, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And he wouldn't even wait. He went, he grabbed the man and pulled him up. And the guy started jumping and running around. And he said, wow, that was the power. Boldness and power. You know, Jesus said in, in uh, Matthew chapter 10, verse 32, He said, if you confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father in heaven. If you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my Father in heaven, right? Now, nobody is ashamed of Jesus. Yeah, you're not ashamed of Him. He's just scared, right? You're afraid of what people will think. So you don't speak. You can sit in the office and they're saying things about Christianity and they're saying things about your God and you know they're wrong but it's your boss that's saying it and others are saying it but you're afraid. <laughs> if I say any word, they'll fire me and all of that. Guess where that came from? Now if you need power to speak out and refuse to care about whatever consequence comes upon you, get baptized with the Holy Spirit. It's called boldness. It's called boldness. And they'll notice. They won't fire you. They know there's something different about this man. Oh yes. They won't fire you. He wants you there. They know it. But if you don't have that power inside of you, Satan is going to mess, up, mess with your mind and give you all these imaginations and you're quiet. But I can tell you, if you speak out for Jesus, 
That power, when they can feel it, they can sense it, they don't understand what it is. But they want to keep you around. They argue with you, but they still keep you around. They know there's something there. Until when they get in trouble, they pull you aside and say, you know, my brother is having a little problem. Could you pray for us? Amen. Amen. That's what we need to understand. They got power. You know, after they, raised, after they healed that man, there was a lot of commotion. The authorities were not happy about it. They started yelling at them and they, they put them. I mean, you go out to preach and help a man and heal the fellow who had been sick and then wind up in jail. <laughs> How do you like that? <laughs> That's what happened to them. They put them in jail. And then the next day they brought them out. And they were asking them, by what power or by what name can you see what I'm talking about? By what power or what name you were able to do this? And Peter says, I'm glad you asked. If, if you're asking how we got this power to do this stuff, let me tell you, is that Jesus, you remember him, you crucified him, but God raised him from the dead, and now what you see is through his name. There is no other name given among men, it's his name, and faith in his name. That's why you see that man walking. The power came from faith in his name by the power of the Holy Spirit. And the people were, oh my gosh, who are these people? In Acts chapter 4 verse 13, it said, And when they saw, what? The boldness of Peter and John, and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained. They didn't know where they got their knowledge from, amen. But they didn't know they had been with Jesus. They knew that. That's what they said. They took notice of them. They realized that they had been with who? With Jesus. When the Holy Spirit is upon your life, they see Jesus. Amen. They recognize that immediately. They had been with Jesus. Boldness. Power from God. Power to do signs and wonders. You can read in uh, um, Isaiah chapter 8 verse 18. The Bible says, I and the children that you have given to me, we are for signs and wonders. Did you know that? God gave you to Jesus, okay? And Jesus is saying, and you can check it, Isaiah chapter 8 verse 18. He's, Jesus is saying, you guys and me, you are my children. God gave you to me. We are for signs and wonders. And that comes through the Holy Spirit's power. Let me move on a little bit here. There's also, with the Holy Spirit, power with God in prayer. Power with God in prayer. In Romans chapter 8, verse 26, it says, Likewise, the Spirit himself helps our weaknesses, because we don't know what to pray for as we ought. Notice it didn't say we don't know how to pray. He says we don't know what to pray for. We don't know what to pray for. The Spirit Himself is the one that helps us to make to pray. We don't know exactly what to pray for. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. We have an idea of how we should pray, what we should pray for. But we don't know that because that's our weakness. You're human. We need the Holy Spirit. You don't know, you may be praying for this particular job, right? But God wants this other job for you. Two cannot walk together unless they are in agreement. You're praying for something God doesn't want. He wants something else. That's when to step out of the natural, praying in your English word, and go into the supernatural. 
I know there's a lot of confusion about praying in tongues and all of that. But praying in tongues, 120 people on the day of Pentecost, when they received the Holy Spirit, all of them prayed in tongues. Including Mary, the mother of Jesus. Mary, the mother of Jesus, prayed in tongues. You mean Holy Mary? Yeah, Holy Mary prayed in tongues. Because it's for everyone. It's for everyone. It's for everyone. We don't know what to pray for. But the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us. It's not on its own. Through you. Through you. And He prays according to the will of God for your life. So we need the Holy Spirit. You know, in Ephesians chapter, chapter 6, verse 18, that's, that's the scripture that talks about put on the whole armor of God, you know, because we're fighting against the enemy. And at the very end, Paul says, pray, praying always. After you've put on the whole armor of God and you're ready to fight, he says, praying, how often? Always. With all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Watching thereunto. You are watching as you pray. Watch and pray. All in the Spirit. Let me make it very clear. If you read in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 14. He says, if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. In other words, I don't understand what I'm saying. If I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. Paul said in verse 15, what do I do then? I will pray with the spirit, with the spirit. I say that again, with the spirit. That means you can. You can pray with the spirit. And if you pray with the spirit, you'll be praying in tongues. And that's for every believer. That's for every believer. Otherwise, he wouldn't be in your scriptures, in the Bible. If that's not for every believer, then we should tear that page off from the scriptures because it's not for every one of us. If I pray in, this, if I pray in a tongue, my, can you give me that scripture, please? 1 Corinthians 14, verse 14. If I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. And the word spirit is lowercase spirit. That's your spirit that's now housing the Holy Spirit. And you are the one doing the, Holy, the praying, and the Spirit of God is praying through you. So that's the way we pray. So he says, praying always, not sometimes, always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Now we got that scripture up. If I pray in... Now, back again. You're too fast. Yes, I can see that. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit... Can you see? Small letter S. My spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. I don't understand what I'm saying. That means, if you understand what you're saying, you're not praying in the spirit. God still answers your prayer, but you're not praying in the spirit. You may be praying inspired prayer. I feel inspired. And the words might be lofty. Yeah, you're praying inspired prayer, but you are not praying in the Spirit. According to the Scriptures, this is not according to man. This is Scripture. This is, this is the way I live my life. I stay with what I see in the Scriptures. I don't go by man's opinion. On the day of judgment, I'm going to be standing God and me for my own judgment. Their opinion don't count. So if I stay with the Bible, I'm safe. You can have a lofty guy there that's saying that's not what the scripture really means. Is means is. And words means words. I can read it. It's there. So praying always, that's what God says, in the spirit. If you're praying in the spirit, then you should understand what you're saying. If you understand what you're saying, then you are not praying in the spirit. Is it hard to pray in the spirit? No. All you need to do is give me, God, the ability to do that. If you don't want, God will not bother with you. You still go to heaven, but you struggle on your own here, dealing with a lot of issues as Satan comes at you. So we need to understand that. 
Again, number three, we walk with God in a closer way because the Bible tells us in, in Romans chapter 8, verse uh, 14, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. It makes the scripture fulfilled. In, in John chapter 10, verse 4, he says, Jesus said, when he brings, and when he brings his, the sheep, his sheep out, he goes before them. And the sheep, his own sheep, they follow him. Because they know his voice. They know his voice. The Spirit of the Lord is what helps. As many as are led by the Spirit, these are the sons of God. I need to move on because of time. Now, Revelation, that's important. This, I'm going to stay a little bit. Please bear with me because it's important. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2. Notice what it says. For if I, it says, for he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. So, what would you want to do when you pray? I want to talk to God, right? When you are speaking in tongues, guess who you're talking to? Straight to God. Straight to God. No interruption, no interference, nothing. Straight to the Father. The devil doesn't understand what you're saying. God himself knows what you're saying. He understands the language. He gave that to you. If you pray in a tongue, you're praying to God and not to men. For no one understands him. No man. No one. Including yourself. That's the mystery there. You see, we always have to have control, right? That's our problem. Some people don't only have control, they want to control everybody. Just control. The greatest weapon that you have is your tongue. The Bible speaks very clearly about the tongue. He says the tongue. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Until that tongue is surrendered to God. You got to surrender the tongue to God. That's great power. The Bible says that tongue can move, you know, it's like the rotor of a ship. Can turn the ship wherever he wants. I want to submit totally. Don't understand it by faith. I let God, I don't understand it. I just want to take over. And believe me, if you can speak, if life and death and the power of the tongue, and if you speak in tongues, if the Holy Spirit is speaking through your wholesome words, and you stay there speaking in tongues for an hour, guess what? You're speaking a lot of life into your life, right? We don't understand this. That's why the devil wants us to fight this. Once people are going against it, Christians fight about it. I just don't see any reason for it. It's a gift from God. Why don't you want to receive it? Why are you so scared? It's your father's gift. He'll make life easier for you. You can pray and God can speak to you a word. Listen to this. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks what? Mysteries. So here you are speaking in tongues to God and speaking mysteries. (laughs) You're going to teach God something? That he doesn't know. Right? So why are you speaking mysteries? He who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men. He speaks to God. No one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. So you're going to be teaching God something that he doesn't know through your prayer? What does it mean, speaking mysteries? I'm glad you asked that. (laughs) But really, what is happening... The mysteries for you. Thank God we have computers these days, right? Don't you draw, download stuff from the internet that you know nothing about? 
and you download into your computer so you can access it. And now you're really smart because you can access what you have downloaded. This is what he's talking about. The mysteries for you. You're not teaching God anything. He says when he is come, he will guide you into all truth. He guides you into all truth. The mysteries from you. If you read the verse 4, he says, when you speak in tongues, he who speaks in tongues edifies himself. You know what that word means, edify? The word, go and check it, the synonym for the word edify. Means to educate yourself. To instruct yourself. To inform yourself. Enlighten yourself. Go back and check it out and find out the synonym. What does that mean? Edify yourself when you pray in tongues. That means you enlighten your spirit concerning the things of God. No wonder the enemy doesn't like it. I, I believe me, I'm going to be very open to you. You know, this is real right. When I got saved, after I received the Holy Spirit for 10 years, I wouldn't even pray in tongues. I cut it out. It doesn't make any sense. It's just Bible and all of that stuff. But as God gave me understanding, I decided, no, I've got to do this. And then I said, every day I woke up in the morning and I'll pray. This is, I'm going to be very frank with you. I'll pray about an hour, mostly in tongues. I was scared if somebody called me to pray out because I didn't know how to pray out in English because I was focused on praying in tongues and tongues alone. And believe me, right after that, things started happening. I'm telling you the truth. I, before, if I hear a demon speak from a person's mouth, I will be in the next room. Out, I've run out of that room as fast as I could. But then, I, I, I got no fear. I can talk to them when the demons come and they talk at me. They say, you can't cast me out. I say, don't you dare say that. I know I can. I'll cast you out. I got that power. And God started showing me things. God started showing me things. And God showed me how to pray for the sick. Not learning it from anybody, but the scriptures. God begins to unveil these things to you. And you lose your fear. Amen? You feel that boldness. You're not afraid of anything. You're not afraid of what people think. You are ready to go. How many want that power in you? I still want more of it. First uh, Corinthians chapter 2, verse uh, 9, it says, Best as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man what God, the things God has prepared for those who love Him. But He has revealed them to us by what? By His Spirit. Download. Download. Amen. Download. How are you going to get the Spirit to talk to you? You're going to say, Holy Spirit, sit down here. You need to teach me today. No. As you pray in tongues, He begins to download those mysteries into your spirit. Can I hear an amen? This is all scripture. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man that is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except this Holy Spirit. Now you have received not the spirit of the world. But the Spirit who is from God. Huh? So that you can know everything that's been freely given to you. Can you see? Everything that is freely given to you. This is only through the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus said, I don't want you going anywhere. Wait for the promise of the Father. So you can do things that natural men cannot do. Lastly. Jude, chapter 1, verse 20 says, But you, beloved, building up yourselves in your most holy faith, how? Praying in the Spirit. There is only one thing that pleases God. Faith. He says, without faith, it's impossible to please Him. And I've found out 
when I spend a lot of time, yes, you can read the word, okay? And we hear the word all the time. But can you have enough faith just hearing the word and going out to so a blind person and say, well, I want to pray for you so that your eyes can be open. It takes a while. But after you've been spending so much time praying in tongues, you lose that fear. And something tells you inside of you, yes, I can open the, the, the deaf ear and I can make the blind to see because God has called us to do it. Now, we always relegate that to them preachers. No, 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 no. That's not the way Jesus said it. He says, these signs follow those who believe. How many believers do we have here this morning? These signs follow those who believe. You may have the battery inside of you, but you don't charge your battery every day. Hello? When you pray in tongues, you are charging your battery. You don't want to go out halfway, your battery is gone. You spend that hour charging your battery, praying in tongues, downloading from heaven. Amen? And then you got understanding. Your eyes are opened and you are able to go. Amen? That's why the enemy is scared of this gift. He's scared of it. You can be filled with the Holy Spirit today. If you've never prayed in tongues, and this is not, I'm not saying you are not a Christian. I've heard things like that. Every time I preach this message, I hear people say, well, are you saying we're not a Christian because we don't speak in tongues? No, nope. I'm not saying that. If you want to walk in your natural self with God, that's fine. You're still going to heaven. But for me, I need help. <laughs> I need the helper. Like I told Michael, I pray in the morning not because I want to show myself very spiritual. <laughs> it's survival for me. I need, this is survival. That's why I pray, survival. I need help. I need God's help. I really do. That's why, that's why this is all about. It's not being a pastor. I need God's help. And this is one way I know God can really help you. You know, I, had, I received the Holy Spirit. I spoke in tongues. But I never prayed a lot. I never understood that if I spent more time praying in tongues, God begins to open my eyes to different things. I pull a scripture and God just shows me stuff. I've never seen that before. And then I can put it into practice. And God confirms it. Amen? Bow your heads with me this morning. God wants all of his children to receive the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist told us that Jesus is the one that baptizes in the Spirit. And he wants to fill us with his Holy Spirit. Let me declare that God's finger is upon our church. Can I hear an amen? And we will continue to grow. But we need to stand first, lay out the foundation and let God begin to work for us. There is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out all fear. So this morning, if you have not made Jesus your Lord and your Savior, you have the opportunity, the privilege today to make Jesus your Lord and your Savior by saying yes to Him. And God will fill you with His Holy Spirit today. Peter says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and be baptized and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. All heads bow. How many here want to make Jesus Lord and Savior of your life? If that's you, can I put your hand up quickly? Put your hand up. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. I saw you there. That's wonderful. Those of you that raised up your hands and everybody else, please join with me in prayer. Say these words with me and really mean it from the heart. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for sending your Son, Jesus, into the world. I receive Jesus, the Son of the living God, into my life right now to be my Lord and my Savior. Jesus, come into my heart. Save my soul. In Jesus' name, Amen. 
If you said that prayer, please, the connection card, we're going to be receiving our offering after this. Just let me know where it says my decision. Check it out. Check it and put it in uh, the offering bucket and we will send you something in the mail to help you with your walk with God. I want to pray for those if you have never spoken in tongues. This is not a force. You don't have to. But if you want that gift, I want to pray for you. I want you to come up here. There's no need to be ashamed. If you want that gift, please come up here. Come up here. Anyone here? Come up. Come up. Thank you. Can I be bold? Have you spoken in tongues? You have? Okay, good. Sometimes the Bible talks about Jesus walking by and some people they see him, others are yelling to receive their their blessing, others say nothing. But I want our church to know that this is something we truly believe and that God is of God and God will bless his people as they follow through. Let me read. Look at look look up here. Even if you're not up here and you're back there and you want to receive, God can give you the gift. Now in uh, in uh, Matthew chapter seven, uh, sorry, Luke eleven, beginning from verse nine, Jesus said, "Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, you'll find. Knock, the door will be open to you." Then he added in verse ten, "For everyone who asks receives." For everyone who asks, receives. For everyone who asks, receives. Are you everyone? Are you everyone? You're everyone? I'm everyone. That's very comforting to me. But then he went on and said, If your son asks you for bread, would you give him a stone? You won't do that, right? Because some people, not in America, but elsewhere, they think... I don't want to ask for the Holy Spirit. What if the devil slip one on me? <laughs> well, it never happens. If you ask for fish, he give you a fish, not a serpent. But then Jesus said, if you earthly fathers know how to give good gifts to your children, he says, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Very clear. Not give good things. He said in Luke chapter 11 verse 13. Give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. So, if you ask him, will he give you tonight? This morning? Yes. When will he give you? Now. It's like bread. The child is hungry. And you say, well, uh, daddy, uh, give me some of the bread you got over there. And you say, son... Can you wait for another week? And I'll give you enough bread. I want the bread now, Daddy. (laughs) Right? That's the Holy Spirit. Amen? So God's not going to waste time on that. Now this is what to do. What God has taught me. Um, God said to me, when you pray for them, pray for them and after, tell them to join you. By faith. You won't speak what I speak. God will give you your own. But you have to speak. The Holy Spirit doesn't speak for you. You have to do the speaking. The Bible says, And they received the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak with other tongues. The Spirit gave them utterance. If you don't speak, the Holy Spirit won't take your mouth and make it move for you. He is the Spirit. But once you move, He moves. Now let me tell you this. The way I know that God does miracles is this. There's never a split second. 
between when you step out of the boat to walk on water and that water is solid. That's what God encouraged me with. And so I knew from that that once you open your mouth to start speaking, even the first word that comes out comes from the Heavenly Father because, you see, He's watching what's going on right now. (laughs) And He doesn't want you to mess this thing up, okay? He wants you. Once you start speaking, it takes over. No split second. That's faith. Amen? So every one of us, if you want to receive, I'm going to pray with this. When I commend you, like I've done all over this country and back in Africa, sometimes up to 70 people at the same time, they all start speaking in tongues. You join me and all of us will speak in tongues. Now you stand up, every one of you. We're going to be doing that today. You got permission to speak in tongues in church. Amen. And you can speak out loud. And make it out loud. Be bold. Okay. Be bold. Okay. Be bold. I got to hear you. Don't whisper it. Whisper at home. Today is time to be loud. That's you too. Amen. All of you. So you pray with me. Okay. I can tell you already speaking. <laughs> you already speaking in tongues. Right. Can, am I hearing you speak in tongues? Yes, she's already speaking in tongues. <laughs> Whoa, thank you, Lord. <laughs> thank you, Lord. Say with me, Lord Jesus, thank you for sending the Holy Spirit into my life. Lord Jesus, baptize me now with the Holy Spirit. And with power from above. Thank you, Lord. I believe that I've received the Holy Spirit. And I believe that as I open my mouth to speak right now, Holy Spirit, you will take over right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, let's start speaking in tongues. Every one of us, join me. Join me. I can hear her already. Keep speaking. Speak it out. Speak it out loud. Don't be afraid. Speak it out loud. I can hear you already. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Isn't God good? God's so good. Amen. God's so good. God's so good.